I, I really do appreciate the work that you all do and all the volunteers. It's important that people get to be informed uh, and entertained as well. Uh, so fantastic service and fantastic reach. Q Talks with Liz Bailey. Our access to audio programmes are sponsored by Impact Funding Partners, the RS Macdonald Charitable Trust and the Souter Charitable Trust. To find out more about how to access our services, visit qunreview.com or email aaatl at qunreview.com. This programme was produced and presented by our Access to Audio Ambassador team leader, Liz Bailey, and edited by our Recruitment Training Officer, Alistair McPhee. So welcome to this, the 16th edition of Q Talks from the Cune Review Print Speaking to the Blind virtual studio. As we're sadly still not back in our own studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre in Crowhill Road. Now for our daily podcast listeners and also for our volunteer readers today, I'm joined by a rather important guest from the Cune Review perspective. That's the main man himself, the editor-in-chief of NewsQuest Scotland, Donald Martin. Welcome, Donald. Thank you, Alistair. I'm delighted to be here and uh, delighted to reconnect with Bishop Briggs and my old school in some way. You've just said there that you're, you are actually an old Bishop Briggs High School boy. Um, I think we were founded in 1982 in the old store cupboard uh, and on the third floor. But I think by then you'd actually already headed off to university. Is that right? Yes, I've probably been banished to that store cupboard during my days at Bishop Briggs High, but... I managed to get to Glasgow University at the tender age of 17 to do politics and economics as part of a social sciences degree. And I have to say it's proved very useful as my career has gone on. And was that, was it while you were at school or was it when you went to university that you thought about journalism as a career? Um, I think it goes back as far after as maybe primary one or two. Right. Because uh, um, I think I remember writing something, what do you want to do when you um, grow up? And I wrote, I want to be an editor. Um, which rather, I think, alarmed the teacher because I think her husband, I believe, so the story went, I was told, kind of my parents, was a journalist but not an editor. So I felt it was rather grand. But the reason for that was my grandfather was an editor of a national newspaper, uh, The Express. So he was Jack Campbell. And I just it's just always been in me. That's all I've ever wanted to do. So, I mean, when, when I, I had a bit of a, a, a yearning to do journalism. I, I freely admit that this is, this is my ideal. I'm re re reaching, never mind being the boss at Cune Review, I'm reaching my, my, my peak at the moment doing these sorts of QTalk interviews because basically at school I also wanted to do journalism. But... Uh, for me, trying to get into Harriet Watt was uh, where I tried to go. And despite at that point having already interviewed Margaret Thatcher and Princess Anne, they turned me down, which I was really miffed at. But um, I, I must admit, for me, um, when it came to my parents and when it came to school careers advisors and all that, they kept saying, why is it you want to do journalism? And my answer had always been, I'm nosy. Uh, I just, I like to know things. I like the power of a microphone. When we first started doing uh, Cune Review, having the old GVCs and a microphone, you got the chance to go places nobody else got to go. 
and you got to ask questions that nobody else got to ask. And I must admit, that's what I loved about journalism or the idea of journalism. Was there a bit of that in you? Would you admit to being nosy? I'm certainly curious. Uh, I don't know that when I was young, um, it was about sort of nosiness as such. I think I kind of like news and events and dramas and happenings. I think, you know, so I was always interested in what was going on and had a good interest in current affairs. But you are right, Alistair. It's, it's a fabulous, fabulous job. You get to meet so many interesting people and you get to do so many great things and cover so many events. Well, Liam, um, the... the... Episode 15 with Liam McCann at Central FM. Liam's actually, uh, he and I, um, he came along when he was 16 to Kuhn Review. And uh, we used to say to him, you know, the two of us, we've got the perfect faces for radio. And um, he went on to, to have a glittering career in Scottish radio. But now at Central, he's actually just bemoaning the fact that he's actually now constantly got to think about his appearance because now journalists on radio are being encouraged to go out and gather their own stories. They're being encouraged to go out and uh, video uh, themselves, you no know, selfie themselves doing, doing reports for radio broadcasts. What has changed for newspapers? I mean, I assume, uh, I won't say anything about age here, although I did to Liam, but um, did you start out with your biro pen and your, 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 your notebook or were, were you already by that time on the, the, the recorder? No, I had uh, my notebook and uh, my pencils and I bashed away on typewriters in the old days of hot metal. Um, right. So, you know, I am, yes, fairly ancient now. So I watched <laughs> the world as we moved on to uh, new technology and started typing into computers. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing when you look back uh, at that, you know, how did we actually produce papers? so well in the past considering it was really quite difficult yeah. and I, I mean from a journalism point of view what's changed for the actual journalists now if, if if a journalist was coming to the herald now what would they expect to be issued with on day one or would they have to buy their own is the other answer to that question <laughs> uh, no we provide them with their own kit <laughs> but there's an expectation now that any journalist coming through is a multimedia journalist they're not just about writing for print, but they must be able to work across digital, whether it's doing anything from broadcast, um, you know, both uh, audio and visual if required, but also writing for our website. And that might be just putting stories up immediately, as opposed to in the old days of print, where you could spend time and polish it and you're producing it for the next day. So, you know, I, I remember talking, uh, I used to do some things with training for some journalists and asking them, are we a asking too much of you as young students coming through the expected of all these skills, including actually um, editing or producing pages? Uh, but they looked at me as if I was daft because that's their world. They've been brought up in all this modern technology. It's effortless for them. It's me that struggles. Well, see, that's again why, you know, checking out your LinkedIn profile, checking out when it was you went to university, etc. You know, we, we haven't discuss, really discussed age, but uh, I must admit, 
you know, it was the other week we were sitting thinking, you know, my wife and I were thinking about dial-up modems and remembering the 56k dial-up and that being the end thing. But that's actually now 20 plus years ago. Um, and that's again where, you know, I think even from our perspective, we've gone through reel-to-reel -to, -reel to cassette to, you know, digital recording, etc. But I think that's, you know, newspapers in general are changing, you know, and I think that must be one of the things that's affecting you during lockdown at the moment. Are you finding that, you know, the move from print media or print output to maybe digital output has been sped up? Has there been a radical change? I think what's great is that we are able to produce newspapers in a digital world. So when the pandemic hit, we were, could satisfy that demand and we have seen subscriptions online uh, rise quite considerably as it was more difficult for people to go out and get physical paper. So it's been, you know, a blessing in many ways. It's probably accelerated the sort of digital transformation that we all expect uh, of the media world. So it's brought it forward because we're having to do more and more online and thank goodness we can do that now so that we can keep people informed and entertained hopefully too. And just how many newspapers is it that you are editor-in-chief of? I mean, I, I, again, you're the editor-in-chief of NewsQuest Scotland. Is that all of the titles, not just the three that I would think of? Yes, um, so editor-in-chief of NewsQuest Scotland's title. So there's 27, 26 in Scotland and one in Ireland. But in essence, that's maybe just an overview. I'm also editor of the Herald and the Herald on Sunday. That's probably the principal job that I have is to edit these papers seven days a week and obviously look at the website as well. So it's a, it's a, it consumes a lot of my time, but it's great fun. Uh, I, I must admit, I, I'm, I've always been very jealous of of anyone who, who has a journalism career. I, I, I wrote one column, I will tell you this, I wrote one column for the Sunday Herald uh, you, you asked me, or your, one of your predecessors asked me to do a seven-day uh, column for, for, the, for the, the Sunday Herald, which I, I love doing. But it is, it's, I think for me, it's, it's also the fact that um, if, if you look at different newspapers, you know, if you read a variety of newspapers, you get a variety of opinions. And perhaps um, maybe being a tad controversial, you know, in terms of television news, you really don't have a wide variety of opinion. I believe that Andrew Neil's about to chair a new uh, a new broadcast company, but uh, where they're going to, uh, there, there seems to be a suggestion they will be the Fox News of, of, of UK news broadcast. We'll wait and see what happens. But I mean, how would you say the NewsQuest titles are positioned? Um, are you sort of left-leaning, mid-centre ground? How would you describe yourselves? Well, I think I'll just talk about the Herald and the Herald on Sunday specifically because part of our stable has got the National and the National is catering for those that are in support of independence. The Herald's got a difficult um, issue to deal with because it's balanced. We are trying to provide a variety of opinions on all sides and that sometimes means that uh, those that are either let's say conservative or labor or as it be people always find fault in what we're doing and imagine that there's a bias somewhere uh, whether it's 
pro-unionist or pro-SNP. Uh, and, you know, I actually keep a note of all the <laughs> complaints we get about buys because they're actually perfectly balanced. You know, like everybody. So yeah, and uh, you must be doing our job. Well, we don't please everyone. It would be a lot easier if we took a particular stance on issues and then you know defined readership that only wanted that. But I think it's important, particularly in a fairly divided uh, country that we've got, that we provide a platform for people to be able to share all manners of, of opinions and views. And I expect my journalists are neutral. We analyze the news, but I have a fantastic selection of columnists, um, as I say, who every day um, provide interesting debating points, shall we say. And that's our role. We've got to inform and educate. I think in this world where people rely on a lot of comment and news online, it's edited, whether by an algorithm, to their particular views. So right. you don't get to see the other side. And that's where the Herald comes in. I'd like to think that you can form an opinion when you've read contrasting views. Fantastic. Well, cer certainly our two and a half thousand visually impaired listeners across uh, the UK, and in fact, um, looking at some of the stats across Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, apparently, as well, for some reason. Um, but, I mean, our listeners appreciate the fact that we are provide, trying to provide a daily service. And we're able to do that through the British Wireless for the Blind Fund app and their internet radio players. Um, you must actually be rather appreciative, says he putting words in your mouth, of the volunteers who are currently reading from home, uh, reading the National and the Evening Times and the, the Herald Scotland. I mean, had you fully realised just what was involved with talking newspapers before we started talking to you? No, I'll be honest, I didn't realise um, the extent of the service you provide and having chatted to you before and uh, now it's it's amazing. I, I really do appreciate the work that you all do and all the volunteers. It's important that people get to be informed uh, and entertained as well. Uh, so fantastic and, service and fantastic reach. And how do you see maybe the your newspapers being more accessible to visually and reading and disabled people in general in the future? Well, as you know, I'd like to work closer in partnership with you. I'd like to get more of our content available to your audience. And I want to explore as many ways as we possibly can do that, whether it's myself reading out um, articles and or some of my staff and, you know, hopefully giving access to, you know, our online, online service where our re-edition, you can magnify the pages of the papers. So I think there's opportunities there and it's important, as I say, people are informed. So if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you at uh, NewsQuest to tell you how wonderful that the Cune Review service is, or even if they've maybe got a story for you, what are the best ways to contact you, Donald? Well, you can send an email to me direct at editor at theherald.co.uk. If you're wanting to call about a story, um, maybe a central uh, number, probably 0141 302 7633. 
or you can write to us um, at uh, our postal address, which is our print plant, um, which is at 125 Fullerton Drive, Glasgow East Investment Park, Glasgow G32, 8FG. Can I just check there? Have you by any chance recently moved premises? <laughs> yes, the uh, the offices in Renfield Street, um, we didn't renew the lease. Uh, we'd been there for nearly 20 years and we're currently in the process of securing other city centre premises. Fantastic. But obviously with the pandemic, we've had a sort of temporary offices we've been working in uh -huh. uh, and, and most of us, like I am now, are working from home. So hopefully when things settle down, we can move in in the new year to new city centre uh, offices. Well, as always with the QTOX interviews, uh, can I thank you very much for your time today, Donald, but especially we will show our appreciation by sending you one of our virtual ambassadorial uh, certificates as an access to audio ambassador for Q Review. Unfortunately, we are cheapskates and we do not send you a box of Ferrero Rocher. Um, but I suspect that perhaps your PA might be the one who needs to get the chocolates in the future. If, if everybody phones you. Uh, I think my PA Janice um, deserves chocolates and medals uh, for handling everything on my <laughs> behalf. Uh, she's certainly an absolute star. But it's been an, a pleasure uh, connecting with you and I hope it won't be too long uh, before I can talk again. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Donald. Thanks for your Q time. Talks Thank with you. Liz Bailey. Our access to audio programmes are sponsored by Impact Funding Partners, the RS McDonald Charitable Trust and the Souter Charitable Trust. To find out more about how to access our services, visit qnreview.com or email aaatl at qnreview.com. This programme was produced and presented by our Access to Audio Ambassador team leader, Liz Bailey, and edited by our Recruitment Training Officer, Alistair McPhee.